Well, praise the Lord. Welcome to our broadcast this beautiful Monday morning here at Crossway Church in Queen City, Texas. I'm Pastor Curtis Hutchinson. Glad you're with us whenever it is that you're able to watch the broadcast. We're thankful uh, that there's hungry people among God's people who just can't get enough of the truth of God's Word, and I believe that's what Jesus taught to him who has, speaking of hearing, more shall be given. And praise God for those who are hungry and thirsty for righteousness, for it is those the Lord Jesus Christ taught would be filled. And I'm thankful for these truths in God's Word today. We're in Romans, and we're in chapter 15. And uh, today we will begin in verse 13. But before we do, I just want to say that I believe today God is going to help us to understand uh, the things we need to understand. He's going to impart to us uh, the things, the spiritual gifts that we need. And, you know, Paul told as he wrote this church in Rome in the very first chapter uh, that he couldn't wait to get there. Now, he couldn't wait to get there to preach the gospel to them. They were already saved and spirit-filled. And if you go back and read chapter 1, oh, and my goodness, didn't we enjoy that so long ago when we were in chapter 1? Here we are in chapter 14. But Paul said he couldn't wait to get to the already saved and spirit-filled church in Rome to preach the gospel to them that he may, through that avenue, be able to impart the spiritual gifts, the things that they need. See, everything comes through the gospel. Every single thing comes through the gospel. We can only go from faith to faith if God's righteousness is being revealed in the gospel. The just shall live by faith. And we go from faith to faith as the righteousness of God is revealed in the gospel. Hallelujah. That's simply Romans 1, 16 and 17. Praise God for it. What a great truth to know today as we live in this last few moments of time as we know it. And God has uh, 23 years ago poured out upon the church the great truth of sanctification, sanctified by, by faith alone, just like Martin Luther was used by God to pour the great truth of justification by faith alone. So comes just 23 years ago, right out of the Word of God, trinkling back into the church that we're sanctified only by faith in the cross of Jesus Christ. Not that and works. Works are the manifestation of the process actually taking place. Hallelujah. Glory to God. So when you're reading books by old scholars and old theologians, just know they missed it. They were right if they were talking about justification by faith in Christ alone. But when they went to talking about sanctification, you're going to find out they didn't know what they were talking about. They loved God they wanted, to, and they were serving God to the best they could. But listen, if you miss the truth about sanctification, the best you, you can experience is to be saved and then filled with the Spirit of God. But then the baptism with the Holy Spirit, even though you've been filled with the Spirit of God, that's not going to do you much good if you don't know the way of sanctification because it, really the way of sanctification is the way of holiness that the Holy Spirit has to be producing within us so it can be manifest through us. Hallelujah. And without the knowledge 
of an exclusive faith in the work of Christ at Calvary, the Holy Spirit can't do that, won't do that, because he, he works within the perimeters of a law, Romans 8 and 2. We study this in this very book. For the law of the Spirit of life, the law of the Holy Spirit, the law of the Comforter, the law of the Holy Spirit in Christ Jesus, the cross, has made us free from the law of sin and death. Powerful truths. Stick with us every week, Monday and Thursday here, 8.30 a.m. Central Time. You can watch us anywhere. You, the, all the sessions are uploaded on the YouTube channel, which is Curtis Hutchinson 316, or the website, thecrosswaychurch.com, or right here on the Pastor Curtis Facebook page, or there's a Spreaker app. You can get on your phone and follow my page for those who have ears to hear. But let us look today in Romans chapter 14, uh, verse 13, in this great portion of Scripture here, teaches us something in this 14th chapter. Now, this just won't work for you unless you understand Romans 6, 7, and 8, and that's why it was written previously to this. Uh, after you get past Romans chapter 8, you start learning about the things that are a manifestation of now you walking in the truth you've learned of Romans 6, 7, and 8. If we've not learned the sanctifying truth, the sanctifying avenue through which the Holy Spirit exclusively works to build His church, to conform us into the image of Christ, to deliver us from ourselves and to give us, just to do everything He does among His people. If we don't understand that's through simple and exclusive faith in the cross, we're not going to make it through anything else because we're just going to be trying harder and being told by preachers you just need to try harder or just do these three things. You'll be told that your victory is in fasting or that your victory is in this when your victory is only in Christ and Him crucified. Not Christ and Him crucified and fasting and church. Just Christ and Him crucified. Everything that's biblical is a fruit of of your faith in Christ and Him crucified or it is a work of the flesh. The Bible's clear about that. So chapter 14 is really about you and I as the people of God learning not to judge one another anymore. And that word doesn't mean that we don't judge by the fruits and that we don't make righteous judgment that Jesus taught in John 7, 24 that we should be making. Because we do. Every soul on the planet's making judgment every day. Those who tell you you shouldn't be judging them, they're judging you while they're saying that. So uh, the people who say, you know, the, the homosexuals and the lesbians that are out there that get confronted by uh, the Word of God through Christians and they say, are you judging me? Don't you know you're not supposed to be judging me? Don't the Bible say you're not supposed to be judging me? Well, they, don't, they see that because that supports their fleshly abominations, but they don't see the part that says you're already judged and living in these abominable conditions, being a part of that, is also in the Bible and, and is an abomination to God. So we just pick and choose what we want as people. But here in the 14th chapter, 
Of course, all the Word of God is to save people because lost people can't do anything with it but use it for their own fleshly desires, just like the example we just gave. They don't understand it. The Bible says that uh, it cannot be discerned. The Word of God cannot be discerned by lost people because they don't have the Spirit of God. And you have to have the Spirit of God to be able to understand and to walk in the Word of God's light. It's just the way it is. Lost people, they don't know what it is. They might use it for certain means, but they don't really know what it is and they don't know what they're doing and it will destroy them. The same truth that will save you will destroy you if you try to live by it under law. The law of the letter kills. So the 14th chapter of Romans is all about you and me learning not to condemn, not to try to punish folks because they're not as mature or far along as we are in the faith. And it starts out with that. Let's, let's go back and look at the first two verses of this 14th chapter and that's what you need to do when you're studying the Bible. You need to go back and carry with you through where you're going uh, what, you, what you have learned. You don't just need to forget that and keep moving. You need to take with you along the way what you're learning and the Holy Spirit will do that for you if you have a desire really to learn and to maintain uh, the Word of God. The Holy Spirit will bring to your remembrance things you need to remember if you have it. If you've studied it, He can bring it to your remembrance. Verse 1 in Romans 14 says, Him that is weak in the faith receive, but not for doubtful disputations, not just to argue with him, not just to complain and have controversy and, 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 try, and you and me try to change him because we can't change anybody. I can't even change myself. He says, for one believes that he may eat all things. Another who is weak eats herbs. That means he only eats vegetables. He doesn't eat all things. He only eats vegetables. And he's weak, the Bible says. He's, he's weak. He's talking about weak in the faith. Not because he's eating vegetables, but because he's not mature enough in the faith yet. He's not strong enough in the faith yet to understand that all things are clean before God. So he's still learning and in and, and, and the process of, of, of going forward and, and growing. And, and you and I are told to receive these, these young and immature. Uh, they're weak. We're, we're not to condemn them. We're not to uh, punish. We're not to push aside. No, we're not to give them the pulpit so they can preach uh, a false way. But we're not to treat them in a negative sense. We're not to judge, condemn them. We're to be patient with them and love them along the way and, and, and we'll see that even some more uh, this morning in this uh, session. Now we just covered uh, the, the judgment seat of Christ and if you're not my friend on Facebook, the Curtis Hutchinson uh, 
I have two pages, the Curtis Hutchinson and the Pastor Curtis. Well, for the past uh, close to a week now, I've been posting scriptures concerning the judgment seat of Christ on my Curtis Hutchinson page. I, I encourage you to go there. The, the judgment seat of Christ was covered here. It's covered again by Paul to the church in Corinth in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 10. Both places... Have, have a tone to them of how we treat our brothers, how we, uh, of course, how we're living today because you and I aren't getting away with anything even as children of God. There will be no condemnation for sin at the judgment seat of Christ, but what we've done in this body of Christ, we've been so graciously lovingly and mercifully brought into through our faith in the blood of Jesus, we're going to confess to God giving an account of everything we did, good and bad, in the body. And we need to be aware of that. So, you know, uh, request to be my friend, Curtis Hutchinson, and uh, follow along every morning. I post scripture on Pastor Curtis' Facebook page as well. And uh, right now we're in Galatians chapter 4, very precious and powerful and most urgent letter in the Word of God for today's church. Mm, very powerful. But he says here in verse 13, let us not, watch, watch what the Apostle Paul says here, let us not therefore, because there's a coming judgment for us, let us not therefore judge one another anymore. Oh boy, we've, we've done it. Let's stop doing it. That's what the Lord through Paul is saying. Let us therefore judge one another. Let us not therefore judge one another anymore. Oh, have we done it. Oh, when, when you find out the great truth of, uh, of the sacrifice of Christ and that it's a, a very narrow way and everybody who's just not as far as you are, and listen, I've, I've been guilty of this. The zeal that comes with knowing the truth can, can if you're not careful and, and, and really trusting in the cross instead of trusting in your presentation of it, trusting in, 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 in anything other than just humbly and lowly trusting in Christ and what he did at Calvary and that that is the way of your and my life through every day of our lives, the way of the cross. If that's not what's in the forefront of our minds, then we're going to get overzealous in an ungodly manner and we're going to begin to bash. There are people on social media and that you ever seen those those toys those kids have where those heads pop up and you got a hammer and you swack it and you got a head pop you whack it and you're just waiting for the next one. People on social media who are patrolling over the airwaves just waiting for these weak folk. Now I know they do it because they think they're helping folk. But you got to be careful with this. You got to be very very careful with this and I believe the more we learn the way of the cross, and that it is the only avenue through which God functions in a Christian's life. And when we're in a position where we're, we're, we're only eating vegetables because we might think that's getting us somewhere with God, that means we're weak in the faith. It's here written in the Bible. We, 
we got to be careful because we've all been there. And if we're be honest with ourselves, there's still some strings and residue of that old man that tries to seep in through our flesh and function in our own lives. And I know we just want ever to help everybody. I know we want everybody to along, but I know we've also got to be patient as the Lord is patient with us. And again, let me say, they don't need to be in the pulpit. If they're, if they're teaching folks that you can't eat this and you can't, they don't need to be. But, but just because we don't put them in the pulpit doesn't mean we condemn them. Doesn't mean, doesn't mean we don't uh, bring uh, uh, the freedom and the liberty in our own testimony. It just means we don't do it in a way that would be condemning, unloving. Watch as we go here. Let us not therefore judge one another anymore. That means in the church in Rome, man, it was taking place. Oh, is it ever taking place today? Oh, it's ever taking place. You got, you got Christians today that are on social media and they got these little groups. It ain't got anything to do with Christianity. All it is is a little controversial. Let's go back to verse 1. It, it's full of nothing but doubtful disputations, honey. Here in this chapter, we'll see that whatever you're doing, you're supposed to be doing that unto the Lord. And whatever you're doing, you're not supposed to be trying to drag everybody else into anything but the gospel. You're not, you're not supposed to have these little groups on Facebook and these little flesh pots is all they are. If they're not gospel-centered and gospel-focused and it's not something that we're as God's people contending for the faith, striving together for the faith of the gospel, it's flesh. And we're missing our purpose and we're trying to uh, get these groups of all these people who think like we think about what we think about and it has nothing to do with the gospel. Nothing to do with the gospel. And we're going to, and these folks are going to wonder a few years from now why things turned out the way they did. I'm talking about in their own families. I'm, they're going to wonder. And listen, if you're watching, you're being warned today. This is huge in the church. These little private groups. People are requesting you be a part. Listen, they're not. Let, let me just get something straight. They're not asking me to be a part of them. Why is that? And why are they asking you if they're not asking me? Our lives need to be seen as a people who are striving for the faith of the gospel. We need to be known for that, not just uh, as a preacher. We need to be known as a people who are striving for the faith of the gospel. Amen. That's a big problem in the church today. A little controversial, doubtful disputations, talking about things that Paul said only lead to negative things when we need to be looking at Christ. Hallelujah. Glory to God. I can't help it folk get mad, but there will always be mad folk along the way if they're not striving together for the faith of the well, they'll always be upset. Look at back at God's people. There was always people that didn't think he could really lead and we could all lead better than him and we could all do this. Well, go on out there and do it. God will show you. God will let you know. God will let you know. Let us, therefore, not judge one another anymore. That means condemn, look down on, talk negative about. But judge this, rather, that no man put a stumbling block or an occasion to fall in his brother's way. 
And what he's going to begin to talk about here, saints, is, is, is using the freedom that you have to blast in on what you see that they're not where you are, but when we blast, we use our cloak of liberty for some other thing than loving and being patient and, and just uh, showing through the life we're living and, 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 and the, the, t the talking about the gospel and the word of God and this joy that we have. Listen, that we're, we're not far as along as we'd like to think we are when we're blasting folk. Now, I'm not talking about bringing a rebuke. I'm not talking about not bringing a rebuke. I'm talking about not condemning. That's what Paul's talking about here, that we're not to put any stumbling block or an occasion to fall in our brother's way. And it gets down pretty specific in this chapter that whatever I'm free to do doesn't mean that they know they're, yet that they're free to do it too. We're not talking about sinful things. No Christian uh, has, has the freedom of God to, to, to go. We didn't receive this liberty and freedom to sin. We received this liberty and freedom to be saved from and delivered from sin. We're not talking about sinful things. We're talking about, we're talking about things that we're learning as we grow along the way. And we're all learning. And when we condemn others, I guess we think we've arrived. And I believe we've all been guilty of it. I believe we've all been guilty of it. And, and, and if we're not careful, we'll fall prey to it again, even on this day, even while we're hearing these things. But he says here in verse 14, I know, watch this very carefully now, I know and am persuaded by the Lord Jesus, that there's nothing unclean of itself. Now hold it. Wait a minute. Paul wrote this in a letter to the church in Rome, which I'm sure apparently because of this letter, there were people in that church who was only eating vegetables because they thought it was doing something for them. So let's get this. Paul did not write this in a letter. He added it. The Holy Spirit added this in the letter. This letter was read, I'm sure, to the church or churches in Rome. And here they're sitting there while the letter's being read and, and the letter says, I know and am persuaded, Paul says, by the Lord Jesus. Wow that there's nothing unclean of itself. And I'm sitting there in the congregation and I'm thinking, wow. Paul says that he is, he knows and he's been persuaded, he's been persuaded by the Lord Jesus that there is nothing unclean of itself. Now, he's talking about what you eat here in this context. Sin's always unclean before God. But they're reading this letter. They're hearing this letter. So obviously, Paul did not not add this to his letter. 
so he could love the folk. No, he added this to his letter so that those who are weak in the faith could hear this and say, wow, what, what a liberty we have that we can eat anything. You see, Peter was caught up in this in Antioch. You can read about it in Galatians chapter 2. He was sitting there. Man, he was with the Gentile Galatians there eating what he'd never eaten in his life. And when he heard, he got word, the, the, the uh, folks from James Church in Jerusalem, the saved Jews were coming to be with them in Antioch or to check on them or whatever the case might be. He got up and got away from the Gentile Galatians. He played the part of a hypocrite. And Paul had to rebuke him. So see, there is a time for rebuke. And there's also a time to let people grow. Because, there, you know, and you and I have to be discerning and loving. And where Paul stood up and rebuked Peter... He wasn't condemning him because the Lord Jesus Christ doesn't condemn. He saves and he delivers. So we need to understand this. This is a letter Paul is writing, saying this in the letter. So that proves you don't just not say anything. It's that you don't condemn. You don't push out. You don't look down on. But you do say something. We see it right here. I know and am persuaded by the Lord Jesus that there's nothing unclean of itself, but to him that esteems anything to be unclean, to him, it's unclean. And again, this is someone who would be weak in the faith who thinks that eating meat is unclean. He's weak in the faith. He doesn't quite yet fully understand his liberty that Listen, the Lord Jesus persuaded Paul and brought Paul to the knowledge of there's nothing unclean of itself. So how many people in the church in Rome do you think jumped up and said, Well, glory to God. Hallelujah. My Lord, I, woo, I'm free. Man, I'm free. My Lord, I'm free. Glory to God. And what I once saw as, as, as not doing or not eating or only eating, I see it more now as something that it was just about me and, and, and what I was doing and, 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 and listen, and I'm learning to grow and now I realized there's nothing unclean. It's to be sanctified, the Bible says, through thanksgiving and prayer. But on the other hand, how many people sat and heard this letter and said, well, bless God, I ain't believing that. And it may be that they left the church or it may be that it took them a little longer to grab a hold of this. It, it, but who knows? Who knows? See, our main business, our main business is to strive for the faith of the gospel. And that faith, my friends, works by love. That faith works by love, which means we'll have the manifestation of love or it is not what, we're, what the Bible calls faith. Galatians 5 and 6 says faith works by love. And if faith works by love, faith manifests in love.
Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. So Paul says to him that esteems anything to be unclean, to him it is unclean. And he's in that condition because he doesn't quite understand what really took place at Calvary and how that, that he is clean now and that there is nothing unclean as far as what we eat. And, 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 and that's good to know, isn't it? And how many people are in religions today who have believed upon Christ, but they've been lied to and they've been told you can't wear jewelry, you can't wear this, you can't, you can't do but only this with your hair and all these things. And let me tell you something, folks. By the drove, people are coming out of that today because they're seeing the Word of God in the liberty in which it was written. James calls the Bible the law of liberty. Hallelujah. The law of liberty. When we're, when we're using God's word in any other avenue than that which results in our liberty to serve God, liberty to carry the cross, liberty to walk in freedom and to see that it's not what we eat or drink that's the kingdom of God but righteousness, peace, and joy, then we're beginning to move faster and we're not held by days and weeks and uh, uh, holidays and, and, and th what we eat, don't eat, wear, don't wear. Colossians 2 also covers this and says, let no man beguile you. Let no man deceive you. But we've got to love folk along the way and it surely doesn't mean we don't get up and proclaim the liberty we have in Christ and that we're free now to eat whatever. It doesn't mean we don't do that. It just means we don't bring a stumbling block before our brother by condemning them from a position of liberty that we realize we have. Amen? So let me read this again. I know and am persuaded by the Lord Jesus that there is nothing unclean of itself. Him that esteems anything to be unclean to him, it is unclean. Yes, it's unclean to him. And that causes him and really is a manifestation that he is weak in the faith and hopefully hearing the word of God and growing, but I'm not to judge him anymore because my condemnation upon him my brow beating him, my doubtful disputations with him, instead of just me focused on striving for the faith of the gospel, me focused on my life, my life, being that which is becoming the gospel. That means the experience of the liberty and the freedom and the fruits of righteousness that the gospel brings me through my faith in that work of Christ at Calvary every single day. Praise God. This has been great. We'll take, uh, we'll take off here. Uh, uh, what is today? Uh, Monday. We'll take off here Thursday morning in our next session. And uh, every Monday and Thursday we're here teaching this uh, book of Romans. And it's been so blessed 
and refreshing in my heart and soul. I know there's been people along the way that didn't get it just like folks that back in the days of Rome wouldn't have got it. But listen, we're not going to condemn them. They may try to condemn us. We're not going to condemn them. We're just going to keep trying to be a blessing. We're going to keep living the gospel, preaching the gospel, sharing the gospel, and, and, and experiencing the liberty that we have attained to today without condemning others that have not attained and made it this, to this place of maturity because none of us are better than anyone. Praise the Lord. Thanks for being here. Thanks for praying with us. And thanks for, listen to me, sharing these broadcasts. We're not ashamed of the gospel, are we? We're not ashamed of the what the Lord is showing us and teaching us. So do that. Don't forget to sow financially into the ministry. Uh, sometimes we go through hardships and financial difficulties because we're not being faithful with our finances. And uh, we need to make sure that our hearts are humble before the Lord and that we're being faithful in in, in all the avenues God has called us to be faithfully in. So pray for us. We're praying for you, believing God's going to do great and mighty exploits in and through your lives in the days ahead as you continue to run this great race of victory. Until next time, stay determined to know absolutely nothing but Christ and Him crucified. We'll see you then.